Well, hello and welcome. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie. And I'm delighted you have reserved this hour to spend with me as we're going to cover another topic today around your writing. So stay tuned for some fun stuff today. Also know that if you have a question at any point during the show, you can head straight on over to Facebook Messenger and type the question in. Or you can go to my email, which is askcoachdebbie. Askcoachdebbie is D-E-B-B-Y at gmail.com. And I would be happy to read your question on the air and give you some thoughtful coaching advice. I also want to tell you just a little bit about some events I've got coming up here. We just stepped over the threshold of the second part of 2020. There's part of me that's in deep denial around that. How can we be in the second part of 2020? And yet, uh, we, we've all been hanging on for dear life in this first part. So, at least for me, I'm thinking I'm going to make this second part of the year the best part of my year. First part's been good, but I'm going to make the second part my best part. One thing I'm going to do to make that happen is offer a mastermind. You know I love these. Masterminds are just a wonderful day, a way to really dive in for, oh, 90 days or a little bit longer, sometimes up to six months, and really, really, really focus with a community of people so that we get into not only a development stage, but a productive stage. And for this one, it, it is very much around writing. I'm going to help you develop your mind as a writer, but I'm going to invite you to bring your spiritual dedication to this, and it's going to help you show up and write and be expressive. You might be thinking, what do I mean, a spiritual dedication? And and there, I'm, I'm really talking about the willingness to lean into even more brute force, more more power than you would have if you just relied on yourself. So when whenever I'm feeling my own spiritual dedication kicking in, I'm just very aware that the community provides a lot of support. My, my quiet meditation practice often brings thoughts and ideas to me that are very, very useful. But I also just have a way of getting in that space where I feel more centered again. And I'm willing to listen to bigger ideas than I feel like I would come up with all by myself. You know, they're, they're bigger. They're, they're those ideas that some say come right out of the universe or come right out of miracles. I'm not going to feed you language of where they come from, but if you're following me this far, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a willingness to just really go deep and allow yourself to really bloom 
And that's going to fuel your writing practice. We're going to get going on this mastermind August 15th officially, but you know how I like to do things. I like to give a little early bird special, and the two first weeks are always free, and then you decide if you want to carry on. So it's coming up August 1st. If you're interested or if you want to know more, head on over to my website, and that's www.coachdebbie.com, and that's D-E-B-B-Y.com. And at the bottom of the website, you'll see that you can subscribe to the newsletter. I always put all my details in that newsletter. Or you can head right on over to the page called Booking and just set up a phone call and we'll talk about it. A phone call is not necessarily a sales call. It's just a time where you can tell me a little bit about what some of your goals are And I can tell you a little bit about what I have on offer. And you can think about it and figure out if it matches up for you. All right. So that will be my mastermind because, like I said, the better half of the year is coming. Absolutely coming. I also offer one-on-one opportunities to either add on to a mastermind or to just have as a coaching package and you just have to commit to three sessions although you're welcome to commit to up to one full year and those are available right now although I want to stress they're not they're not available to start at all times of the year sometimes I get a little a little filled up and I, I can't make the offering but right now summertime This is a good time to offer one-on-one. So if you would like to learn more about that, again, head on over to my website, www.coachdebbie, and that's D-E-B-B-Y dot com. All right. Today, we are going to be talking about a topic that was introduced to me In kind of a funny fashion, it was introduced to me by a student I had years ago from Ethiopia. Now, I'll tell you, I really, really enjoyed students from Ethiopia in general, mostly because they were such deep thinkers. And don't get me wrong, there were were other countries (laughs) represented as well, definitely Vietnam, Definitely Latvia, um, but but Ethiopia has always stood out to me as one of the countries where students would come and they would come to the college to start studying English and they were often the first ones to sign up for office hours or the first ones to request a teacher conference or the ones that would stop me in the hallways and ask if I just had a little bit of time to chat with them. They were they were very, very interactive, very inquisitive. So I'm going to be taking you back to a situation, and I'm not exactly sure if this was 2001 or two, but back there, when I was still in my early years teaching at the college 
and great questions <laughs> would come my way and I'd have to go, ooh, they did not teach this to me in grad school. I'm on my own right now. These were great moments. And so one of these moments came from a student of mine from Ethiopia, and I'm going to get to that in just a second. But let me grab some water here. Before we go on, I also want to let you know that in 2021, I'm going to be revealing something that is very meaningful to me, and that is my online academy. This is something I've been working on very hard, and in the, well, in the events that have happened this year in 2020, online learning is really essential. And I did a lot of online instruction when I was at the college. I even was their instructional designer. I was in charge of teaching the faculty how to write online classes. So I learned a lot about it. I enjoyed it deeply. And I had very interactive classes, meaning that you didn't, um, oh, how do we say it? They weren't self-study classes. They were courses where a person would come, do the homework assignments, do the reading. But there was a lot of engagement in um, office hours and online discussions. And I found that these classes in some ways took even more time than some of my face-to-face classes. And the beauty of online classes was that I think typically some of those wallflower students felt safe. And so they would reveal themselves a little bit more because they had that veil of being in an online class and they would talk a little more vulnerably and a little more humbly and they would offer very rich life-changing experiences that I bet you they might not have been sharing if they had had 26 eyes on them from a face-to-face class. So we had very rich conversations in online learning and, uh, I've been looking for a platform that I could use that's easy and friendly, but still keeps the standard of excellence high for the content I want to bring you. And I have found it. And like I said, I am going to be releasing that in 2021. So lots of fun classes that you could take starting then. And I might even use a little segment of it to supplement the mastermind. Stay tuned for more info on that. Have you noticed that uh, ever since I left the, well, I wouldn't say left, ever since this lovely pandemic came along and I've been broadcasting from home, um, yeah, it, it seems to be that everyone in my neighborhood that has a lawnmower gets it out one minute after we start the show. 
so sorry to ask you to put up with that, but sounds like that's just the way it's going to be for this one. All right. I want to remind you, please feel free to write to me if you want to send in a question today because we're going deep. We're going to talk about the soul of your book. Or maybe for you, it's the soul of your blog posts. Or maybe it's the soul of the letters you're writing. And this topic was really generated out of a question a student from originally who lived in Ethiopia asked me during a student teacher conference. He was asking me, what is the difference between the heart and the soul of his essay? And I thought, oh my, there's a question. And I said, I don't know. What do you think? And he said, well, you mentioned in class that you wanted us to express ourselves and and to really get into the heart or the soul of our writing. And uh, I think I know what the heart is, but I don't know what the soul is. And I thought, oh, did I say that? (laughs) You know, sometimes teachers got to watch out. Did I say that? And I thought, at first, you know, maybe they're the same. Maybe the the heart of what you're getting at and the soul of what you're getting at is the same. And if you believe that, I'm certainly not going to talk you out of it. But I just want to tell you that this student and I sat together. And, and this was someone who was very prolific in conversation. He loved to come to office hours. He loved to talk. He loved to share what was on his mind. He... He loved to talk about his career aspirations. He loved to talk about how much he was enjoying being in the United States. And he would often pose something that just came right out of his inquisitive thinking. And so this was a question. What is the soul of my essay, dear teacher? What is it? So we got to talking about the heart of it all, you know, the real, the real juice of what you're telling us, the real, the real meaty parts of your essay. But I knew he wasn't going to go away satisfied if I didn't get into the soul. And so I thought about it and I promised I'd get back to him. And I'm glad I did because I started to incorporate the idea of soul into my classes. And what I told him and later what I told in my lectures was that I really believe the soul of your writing is what's most natural. I mean, if you think about it, when we're born, we we come into the world so natural, so untamed. We're so connected to our soul. And I think our best writing is very natural for us. We are very expressive when we feel creative and natural about whatever it is we want to share. But we don't. We don't feel creative when we're bumping up against shoulds and couldas and wouldas and 
you better and you must, uh, our creativity just dissolves when that happens. Yet if we're really, really in that natural flow of things, I really think that's when we're tapping into the soul of our message. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And that might, that alone might tip you into going, huh, what? And if uh, it did and you have a question, <laughs> I want you to send it to me. Uh, I did get a lovely email from Michelle before the show, so I'll be sharing that with you. But right now we're going to take our very first break. And when we come back, we're really going to be getting into why is it so hard to get into the soul, get out of the overthinking, and really be expressive. All right? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Flace with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. The nicotine in e-cigarettes is addictive and can harm brain development. That's why I worry about teens who try e-cigarettes. Many young people use pod-based e-cigarettes like Juul, which have high levels of nicotine. And because teens' brains are still developing, they can quickly become addicted. The tobacco industry uses fruit and candy flavors to attract young people, often turning them into lifelong users. For more, visit HealthyChildren.org. Our veterans risked it all to protect our freedom. One of the best ways to say thank you is to volunteer to support them. At a time in history where kindness is a virtue, volunteering means a lot. For over 47 years, Help Heal Veterans, a not-for-profit organization, with the support of citizens like you, have delivered therapy kits to veterans who need them. To volunteer or learn more, visit HealVets.org. That's HealVets.org. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. We're just starting to dive right into our topic here about the soul of your book or the blog or the letters you are writing. Today's show is really for the writer, the writer who is writing or who knows she or he wants to get back into that daily practice. And I really do suggest that you find a way to bring writing into your day, not just your month, but your day if you want to be a writer. It's so much easier to stay in the flow of writing if you know each day you anticipate that you'll be meeting up with it. Not that you'll be doing it, but that you and your writing will be meeting up together. I think in a way that is a very, very soulful approach to thinking about your writing. 
oftentimes when I am curious about what's going to bring me back to the flow of my writing, I have to think about why I'm not in it. And just like I was mentioning that student who said, what, what is the soul of my essay? That student and I talked a good bit about anxiety, about overthinking, about kind of, oh, bandaging our problems and really not taking a look at what was driving us to write. So many times I'll talk to students and clients that say, I just don't have any flow. Well, when we want and desire to be with that soul of our writing, we are saying we want to be in the flow, but we're actually saying something a lot deeper. We're kind of admitting that overthinking has taken over. And for me, it's often that I don't realize it. It's, it's that my subconscious knows I'm overthinking. I, I'm wanting the blog post to be great, or I'm wanting the article to be accepted by a particular magazine. You know, I have an agenda for what I'm writing, and I'm not, I'm not just in the content and in the present moment of really enjoying myself as I relate to my writing. But when I write on a daily basis, when I know that me and my day are going to meet up with my writing, I don't really give those anxious thoughts an opportunity to, to take hold and to take root and and to sort of grow weeds and take me under. It doesn't really go that way. So I was trying to tell my student friend that the soul of his writing had so much to do about just being in his natural state and allowing the writing to happen. The ways that he thought he was taking himself out of that you know, we did some brainstorming together, was that, like I said, he wasn't born here in the U.S. He was born in Ethiopia. He did not leave there until his late teens. And now in his probably, you know, 21, 22, 23, somewhere around there, he was taking my class and he was just daunted by this idea that his vocabulary just wasn't as strong as he perceived it should be. And that at any given moment, he might make a grammatical mistake in his speaking or in his writing and how embarrassing that would be. But it's those thoughts that take us away from the nature of really enjoying our writing and what we have to say. What, what I think is so true is that most writers are storytellers. And most storytellers, unless they have really, really given up the opportunity to engage in storytelling, some of them don't even know that they're writers. I really believe that when we commit to the idea that 
There is story in us. It's just become so easy to meet up with that natural part of ourselves and write each day. My, my, um, I want to call him my coach, but he isn't really. I've never hired him as a coach, but I've, uh, I've read it, practically everything he's written. <laughs> and um, I've engaged in his group coaching programs. But anyway, his name is Michael Neal, N-E-I-L-L, Michael Neal. And he is the writer of The Space Within and The Super Coach Academy and uh, The Inside Out. Oh, what's that called? Living from the Inside Out, I believe it. Ooh, I might be messing that up. Okay, forget that last title. <laughs> but anyway, he he has this brilliant idea that we get in the way of our creativity because we don't want to be with the way we are creative. So in other words, we we start to think that our our own methods of creativity are inferior. And what I have taken from it is a really, really deep notion that when I'm doing that, I have unfriended my creativity. I'm, I'm not trusting that the story I'm writing or the blog I'm writing or the book I'm writing, the chapter I'm in, I'm just not trusting that that story, to some extent, will always suggest where I need to go with it. Characters will help me write the story. But what I end up doing is I, I try to overmanage it. I get away from the soul of my story by A, not writing every day, and B, by not trusting that the story naturally knows where it wants to go. In many of my classes, I call this the first draft. If you allow yourself to just write, to just relate with the fact that right now, for the next 12 minutes, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, you're writing, well, it absolutely doesn't matter how, how deep you go, how perfectly you write it, what matters is that you trust the experience and you let it get out onto the page. What I sometimes do is I treat my writing like it's a, a child that I'm, I'm um, you could say I'm micromanaging instead of just a youth that I'm mentoring or monitoring. You know, there's a big difference. And and the soul of your story really can't come through if you're micromanaging exactly every little detail as it's coming out on the page. So I have had so many great conversations in classes where I brought up this notion that my student from Ethiopia originally laid out, which was, 
What's the difference between the heart of my essay and the soul of my essay? What we came up with is that the soul of your essay is what's natural about it. It's that untamed part of you. It's not edited. It, it may be a thought that you just had one second ago for the very first time and you let it be written on that sheet of paper in front of you. You don't have to keep it. It doesn't have to be part of the final draft, but you let it come out. You let it rest and you just see now that that natural idea is out there or what I like to call the soul of your writing is out there, do you need to shape it into something more mature? Do you need to breathe a little something more into it before you share it with the world? That's totally up to you as the writer. Now, I want you to remember something here. Because you are a writer, you know that your writing is meant to help people connect not only with their brand and not only with their business, but with their own liveliness. Maya Angelou talks a lot about liveliness. In fact, I know I have a quote of hers. If you don't mind just letting me have a second here. Here it is. I love this quote. This is Maya Angelou. She says, When I look back, I'm so impressed again with the life-giving power of literature. If I were a young person today trying to gain a sense of myself in the world, I would do that again by reading just as I did when I was young. She talks about this as life-giving power. When we're writing, we have this life-giving energy we're putting into our writing. And I really think that is the center of what we're doing with our writing. And, And it is a huge force in trusting ourselves, really relating to that liveliness of what we're putting on paper. So today, just for fun, I decided I was going to go and find something to read to you. Having more water there, so forgive me. And I went into my archives, and I, f- I found something truly, uh, truly lovely to me. This is a poem that was written by uh, my, my husband. Many of you know that my husband um, passed on three years ago. We were, at that time, no longer married. Uh, but the entire time I knew him, uh, and wow, that... I met him in 1995, so I knew him 22 years. Um, The entire time I knew him, is that right? 22 years, 1995, 2017. Yeah, yeah, okay. The entire time I knew him, he conducted a daily practice of writing. 
And I want to share with you the very, very first poem he ever put in my hand. It was a poem that I find quite comedic and ironic, and it just shows his subtle humor. But what it really illustrates is this natural ability to share a story. So this poem is called Sitting Next to the Emergency Exit. So imagine yourself in a plane here, sitting next to the emergency exit. You buckle yourself to the window seat, thinking of the door by which you sit, the handle and the instructional arrows, the statistical safety of airplane flight. You know the door is built to hold, but tighten the seat belt just in case and listen for once to the safety talk, thinking of the airplane filling with smoke, of lifting the handle, of helping others onto the wing. But once in the air you swirl your drink, you look out the window, and you think of what it would be like to be sucked out the door and fall with arms and legs outstretched like a skydiver to the broad expanse of farms below where one square fills your world till you abruptly stop and tear open the tiny bag of nuts. Adjust the nozzle for air. At 30,000 feet, the curve of the earth is an old friend you'd forgotten. You think of slipping off your shoes, of driving to work with the radio on, of the way each day ends, and another starts day after day. Later, Lulled by the engine's drone and the softness of clouds, you look to the sign, the window, the arrows. You touch the exit's handle. You give it just the slightest tug. I love this. <laughs> I love that poem. I, I crack up every time I read the end of it because this is such a natural state of being so concerned and yet such an unnatural place to be 30,000 feet in the air and yet so natural to be in an air pressurized unit that makes everything feel still and yet again if anything happened doom for you for sure and yet you're sitting by the emergency seat you're sitting in that aisle the coveted aisle you know that that actually has more space and most of us want that seat but the unnatural state that you're going to have to help lives are you equipped for that? This moving between what's natural and unnatural, but at the same time, the soul, the meaning comes through. It just lands on the page. And what I love is that later he told me the story that he only tweaked a couple of words between his first draft and this draft. 
He just allowed himself to sit back and write this while sitting in the emergency seat and enjoying a, a, a flight across the Northwest. Uh, I'm sorry, across the Midwest. And uh, I think it's brilliantly done. Brilliantly done. And what if he had been thinking, you know, I need to write a poem for uh, Utney Magazine, and I need to get back to uh, thinking about how I relate to my writing, and I need to, and I need to, and I need to. Instead, he's on his way to Connecticut, and he takes out his notebook, and he thinks about the luxury of sitting in the aisle and the responsibility, and out comes this poem. And sometimes that's exactly how it works. And we call that a first draft. It's getting into the soul of your writing and not worrying how great, how wonderful it is. Because right now, it's just natural to let yourself speak on paper. All right, I hope that fills you up with some ideas about the soul of your writing. Michelle has a great question here, and we are going to dive into that question right after this second and final break. And if you would like to ask a question, please feel free to go to Facebook Messenger and type that in, and we will be right back after this break. Stay tuned. Are you ready for something real, raw, upfront, and honest? Then tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here for Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and the host, Sakura Sutter. This show is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world. Their skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Hi, I'm Brenda Michael. And I'm Rob Spears, and we're excited to tell you about our changes for 2020. Conscious Talk is moving to Tuesdays, Wednesday, and Friday at our usual time, 7 to 8 a.m., right here on KKNW. We'll continue to bring you the leading edge of new thought and practical knowledge from natural health to spiritual growth. Don't forget, Conscious Talk is moving to Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 7 a.m., right here on KKNW, 1150 a.m. Five things you need to know about measles in 30 seconds. The vaccine was developed in 1963, and measles became rare in the U.S. But low vaccination rates are now causing outbreaks that may put you at risk. Measles is highly contagious and spreads easily when an infected person breathes or coughs. Measles can have serious complications and can be deadly. It's also easy to prevent with a vaccine that's safe and effective. Please make sure you and your loved ones are vaccinated. Learn more at NFID.org measles. Alternative Talk 1150, online at 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. Today I am talking to you writers who know that Great writing takes place, especially when we dedicate ourselves to that daily practice. I know for me, it just helps me find 
my peace again. It helps me embrace my creative sense. And like the title of today's show, The Soul of Your Book, it it brings me back to my natural state of relating to my writing. I've really decided that that's what the soul of essay writing, the soul of your book is about. It's about that natural state of relating to what you want to say. We really have to trust anything we're writing that is unfinished to suggest to us where it wants to go. And like I said earlier, we don't want to treat our writing as something we micromanage, but we do want to be monitoring how we are relating to it. I know for me, I often need to, oh, just just have some someone to talk to so that I don't get so involved in my anxiety or my overthinking or or here's one often I'll overthink and I'll I'll tell myself oh no no I'm not overthinking I'm I'm problem solving before I go back to <laughs> I'm problem solving before I go back to my writing and it's just not true <laughs> it's not true I'm really overthinking what I what I want to see come out on the page and That's how I lose the sense of soul with my writing. Think about the babies that come into the world. They're so natural. They're so untamed. They're so expressive. They're just themselves. They're just here. And if we can accept our writing wants to live just like that, at least I find that I'm so much more at peace with my writing then than I am when I'm, you know, problem-solving and anxious. So, Michelle, you have been so patiently waiting. Thank you for sending me this email today. Um, for the rest of you, I put a, uh, a Facebook Live up about, oh, an hour before the show, and... I do that a lot on my homepage on Facebook before the show to invite people to write in. So Michelle went and she says this. I am working from home now, of course, like everyone else. And as a writer, I am finding zero accountability. I actually keep calling in sick to work. I thought I would love this transition working from home where it is so quiet, but no, I actually find it to be terribly daunting, and I don't know why. I told myself for years I would give anything to get out of my cubicle. Now that I am, I'm calling in sick. Okay, Michelle, I really related to this, and it's not because I have had a cubicle, but it's more because (laughs) I thought quiet meant productivity. I really believed that. I don't know where I got it. Maybe it was somebody else's rule. But just like you, I thought, oh, the reason that I, I need so much time to do my work is that a lot of my day is spent in a noisy 
rambunctious college setting and a very small part of my day is spent in my quiet office. And if I could just find more time in my quiet at-home office, boy, I would be really productive. And, and I would really connect with my writing voice. And I found just absolutely the opposite to be true. So um, I had some time to think about your question since it came in an hour before the show. And here's, here's my advice to you, Michelle. And I hope this serves the other listeners as well. And that is, I've come to understand that myself, I, I relate to my writing as though there's beginning, middle, and ending stages. And what I find is that the middle stage, the middle stage is not my strong stage. In other words, I, I don't mind starting uh, a writing project. In fact, I get crazy excited when I'm in the planning stage of it and getting it started. Crazy excited. And I, I'm, I've been prolific at times at pulling off a, a thoughtful ending, uh, sometimes an award-winning ending, if you can tolerate me tooting my own horn here. But, oh, those middle stages... Oh, that that is just an exhausting and hard place for me to be. And it's because your word, um, Michelle, which was I, I fail to be strictly accountable with myself when I'm in the middle stages. The beginning, sure. The end, yes, because I can see the deadline in sight. But the middle, not so much. I don't monitor myself well. And I'm getting the sense that you're like that, where you say you have zero accountability. So we need accountability partners. And we need to find ways to fall in love with that particular stage where it's so hard. So I, I'm sure that being on your own and being alone uh, can be tricky, but what I want you to do is really look at what is tricky about it. What phase? Is it the morning phase? Is it come 2.30 when your blood sugar is waning? Is it uh, after you take a few calls? Is it when you get to the middle of your article, just like me? Where is it that you find you just can't pull off your accountability? Look for the pattern and put practice in place. And what I mean by that is a real body that you can reach out to and call and get help coming back. I would be happy to help you um, look at these patterns, Michelle. If you would like to go to my website, www.coachdebbie.com, just click on booking and sign up for any of the appointments. And uh, I welcome you to have a free appointment with me where we can just take a look at where does that accountability leave you 
and turn it around because we don't want you calling in sick. We want you thriving during this year. And just like me, I want the second half of this year to be the better part of your year. So, Michelle, thank you so much for your question. Again, remember that we we often struggle as writers when we think about what we need to put down in words on paper and we ask ourselves is it is it good enough but here's the deal if you're not willing to get to the soul of your writing and again that just means letting what's natural come out what's natural get in your handwriting or be clicked with your fingers on the keyboard if you're not letting yourself have that then you're really robbing yourself of that catharsis that can happen when you're honest when you're writing when you're just sharing with yourself because that's that's the first stage of drafting it's just you and yourself reading writing Forming those ideas, nobody else is there. And the catharsis that is available to you can only happen if you let that writing be. Now, of course, you can go back and edit yourself. You can go back and change anything. But if that first stage, if you, if you block it, It's just going to be so tricky to get into productive mode and find the soul of your writing. And I would even predict that you might not, that the, the piece you're working on missed its chance if that first moments of coming up with your ideas, you didn't just let it land on the page. I'm going to be really vulnerable with you here and share something I just wrote. Excuse me, more water needed. Uh, I only changed one, two, three, four. I only changed four words in this after I wrote the first draft, which is unheard of for me. Uh, Maybe in a month I'll change more and maybe in a year I'll change half of it. But um, I just let myself write this the other day and I'm sharing it with you because I never in a thousand years expected so many people to comment and to say it was what they needed to hear. But yesterday I was just really caught up in the summertime feeling and I, I put on my Facebook, a picture of Mount Rainier in the ferry boat. And I got to thinking about the pandemic and how sick I was of it. And I wrote this. I live in one of the most gorgeous cities, at least during summer. And frankly, I miss the vitality, even though I know we will be restored. We will thrive. It's on the way. Corona is a season, maybe a long one, but maybe that's what it takes to change, really change, 
and for the better. This has been my story long before Corona landed. I don't change overnight. I need a big surprise in order to make a big, positive, affirmative, so done with that change. I'm a bit rebellious. And I keep looking Corona Square in the face and asking, what do you want me to know? How shall I change? What are you here to teach, dear Corona? I will share that so far I have examined my attitude, my weaknesses, my roles, my mindset, my resilience. But even though I do not have a positive test result for the virus, nor do I believe I'm sick, I can say I'm quite tired. I want to feel free and happy each day of summer while the sunshine is visiting Seattle. I just want to blow off reality and pretend it's vacation time. Lately, it's become clear that I must make a big change. If I don't, corona will be wasted on me. Nothing this strong blows through our lives just because. The world is on a heroic journey. The world is getting a big call to action. My mind tells me I'm tired and the hammock beckons me, but that's not the real purpose of this summer. And I mourn that. This is a time to change together. And the best thing I can offer is my presence. Because every time I do, I feel myself in the company of big change, big growth, and big love. And that's what I wrote. And I somehow had the courage to not only put it on Facebook, but to sit here and read it to you. Because part of my job as a coach is to give you an example of what does it mean to let yourself get to the soul of your writing. You're always welcome to change it. But that soul of your writing is your first draft. It's those first ideas that bubble up and that beckon you to say something. It beckons you to put your fingers on the keyboard and get busy and capture what you want in words on the page. You owe it to yourself to know yourself that deeply. And I really feel you owe it to yourself to trust that your unfinished story, your unfinished chapter is suggesting exactly where it wants to go. So please follow your writing to the page. Let it come out. Let it be your catharsis. And then share it with people. We all need your writing. I hope this has served you. It has been lovely to be with you for another edition of Story You Talk Radio. I will be back next Thursday with another topic. And until then, namaste, my friends. <laughs>